This should be played at high volume. Welcome to Out of Pocket. Here's your host, Michael Davis. Welcome to Out of Pocket with Michael Davis on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com, and WWBG 1470 AM as part of your TGI Friday lineup. You can also watch us on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio YouTube channel. Go subscribe to the channel. Also, get in on that Tobacco Road Sports Radio contest right now. You can go to the Facebook page for more about that contest. You don't want to miss out on it. But we we got the post-Super Bowl episode We've had about five days to recover, sit back, and think about the Super Bowl. And we got join us the out pocket regulars. First, we got Jackson Cordray. Jackson, how are you doing today? Dude, I'm great. I'm great watching Patrick Mahomes sling that thing this past Sunday and be the greatest quarterback we've ever seen while watching Jalen Hurts play okay uh, and lose a Super Bowl is is an amazing thing for me to watch. Amazing. I loved it. I loved every moment. I'm sure you did too, Michael, being a Cowboys fan. Well, I was rooting for Kansas City in that game. They did win perhaps the greatest Super Bowl that I have ever watched in my lifetime. We'll get in that in a couple minutes. But, John, I know it wasn't a good time for you, but how are you feeling today? I feel good. Um, you know, it happens. You lose some, you win some. Uh, we'll move on. We'll, we'll get them next year. Hey, I don't know if you'll get them next year, but I lose did. Lose mentality re- right there. Okay, we were just talking backstage about how Jackson may not even have Geno Smith at quarterback this year. But, you know, he might go to Tampa Bay, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm hearing rumors of him going to Tampa Bay following our quarterback's coach to Tampa to be the offensive coordinator. So we may lose him. But, hey, at the end of the day, the Eagles lost, and I'm happy. The Eagles lost. I'm happy. John's a trooper. Be an Eagles fan. But – I did want to start the episode of Out of Pocket with Michael Davis with not an out-of-pocket take, because none of my takes are out-of-pocket, but I wanted to issue an apology. And I don't usually apologize. I don't usually say sorry. So this is really hard for me to say. But the entire season, John, as well as a fellow other Eagles fans, I watched it the Super Bowl actually with John's brother, Chris, They have taken all my Philadelphia Heat all season. They don't belong here. They beat, you know, Daniel Jones and Josh Johnson slash no quarterback to make it to the Super Bowl. They're not legit. They're not beating anybody. And I want to say on air on the radio show Friday afternoon that I am sorry because this is the first Super Bowl I can ever remember watching where – Two quarterbacks had their legacy grown in this game. Patrick Mahomes had his legacy. He got the win 38-35, but this was perhaps the greatest Super Bowl ever, at least in my lifetime, to watch. And this game was not lost because of Jalen Hurts, because Jalen Hurts played incredible, couldn't stop the third and one, couldn't stop the fourth and one. And so, John, I want to start that episode. Do you accept my apology coming from a Cowboys fan? Yeah, I mean, 
a lot of people were wrong. A lot of people said we didn't belong there. We went down to the wire um, with Patrick Mahomes. Um, I do accept your apology, and I, and I appreciate it. I really do. Thank you. You're welcome, John. Now, Jackson, I don't, I don't know if you saw the same thing for me, but now I'm starting to believe that Jalen Hurts could be an issue for seasons to come in the NFL. I know I've, I'm not, I know I've changed the page on this one. Uh, an issue? An issue. Um, okay, I just want to recall, this guy has no arm strength. No arm strength has – he has accuracy. He can, he can accurately pinpoint the ball. But the biggest thing with Jalen Hurts is the fact that he's got the run to defend him and one of the best O-lines we've seen in years and the best center potentially of all time. He's got a great team around him. And A.J. Brown – Okay, if we're talking about the Super Bowl, can we just point out A.J. Brown's one of the best receivers in the league. He makes Jalen Hurts so much better. He's one of the he's a top five receiver in the league, without a doubt. He's the best from that draft class, which included Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, guys that are phenomenal. He's by far the best of the class. So he's gonna make Hurts infinitely better by just his production alone. 50-50 balls become 80-20 with A.J. Brown. And not only that, they run after the catch. I mean, he's phenomenal. So you take Hertz's weapons away and you give him the Patrick Mahomes, what what Mahomes has to ha- like offer. He's got Kelsey. That's it. That's the only guy you can name on the team. So here's the thing. I don't think Jalen Hurts is this top five quarterback. He's a top 15, a top 12 probably. He probably float around 10. But, man, you got the guys in the AFC nowadays. That, that nobody can compare to Mahomes, Burrow, Allen. I mean, you got all these guys. I just I just can't put Hurts anywhere near that bracket when the majority of his production comes off the run. Jackson, I don't know if I agree with that after watching him in the Super Bowl on the biggest stage. I mean, I'm I'm at least putting him top seven or eight right now. We did the top quarter rankings throughout the NFL. If I'm listing my top eight quarterbacks, I think he's on the list. John, where do you have your own quarterback ranked? It is so silly to put him anywhere below four. And if I was being honest, I might time it second with Joe Burrow. Like, yes, you have Pat Mahomes who can win you a Super Bowl with duct tape and glue and pencils all wrapped up and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid, of course. But, I mean, dude, he put up 35 points in a Super Bowl, dude. He had four touchdowns. Four. four he also lost you. Yeah, we really had five touchdowns because he gave Kansas City one. So, let's be honest. He had five touchdowns, guys. Fumble, he really, he really – I mean, he did great things. He did great things. Okay. So, here's the thing about the fumble. The fumble happened, and it gave the other team seven points. Absolutely. But here's the thing. It was a weird, like, crazy one-in-a-million play where he's going to make a move. He's taking the ball from his left hand to his right hand. The field's slippery. I'm sure the ball's slippery. It just came out. That's all that happened. The pass rush got there. They scooped it up. It's a scoop and score. It's bad luck. It comes at the worst time. It's whatever. Guess what he did the drive after that? He went 75 yards down the field and scored a touchdown. He made up for it, okay? He put a... 35 points in the Super Bowl. It's the most points ever put up by a Super Bowl loser. Put up 35 points, still lost. 
you can blame anyone on this Eagles team except for Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts left everything on the line last Sunday. He was pretty much as perfect as you can play is what he played. Like, yes, we can we can come down to one play, but if you want to do one reason the Eagles lost, the big reason the Eagles lost, it's because they were playing on a slip and slide out there. There was virtually zero pass rush from the Eagles' edges. And that's where that's the strength of our D-line, which is the strength of our defense. Our defensive line gets after the quarterback. They sack the quarterback. They couldn't do that this week because there was no traction on the field. It looked like they were playing on a roller rink. You can watch the plays where Joshua and Hassan Reddick take two steps and then just fall on the ground. That doesn't happen, okay? Hassan Reddick had 19 and a half sacks this season, okay? And it's a shame that the field they played on completely neutralized that aspect for the Eagles. It's a shame. The game is what it is, but let's not pretend like Jalen Hurts was any anywhere close to the reason they lost this game because it wasn't. I just no. want to add I want to add one thing to this. Actually, two things to this. In hindsight, right? Because it's a slip and slide. Wouldn't receivers and wouldn't corners, it wouldn't the opposing offense and defensive line struggle from that as well. And wouldn't it neutralize it in some right? Just thought I'd point that out there where Chris Jones and, and, and Frank Clark would have all these issues. I just wanted to point that out there. Higher game. How many sacks were there in the entire game? I'm not quite sure. I don't have the box score right in front of me, but I want to throw one more thing. I want to throw one more thing out there. I want to throw one more thing. If Jalen hurts, Jalen hurts is a loser. He loses in big games. If you had two attack of Iloa play, you guys would have won. Oh, no. If you would have started two and start the second half, you would have won the game, guys. That's Dude. all I'm saying. All I'm saying is, is that Jalen Hurts cannot finish games. You were up 10 going into halftime or whatever it was. You were up 10 at one point in time. You got to finish the game. Patrick the Mahomes is the greatest quarterback we've ever seen in our lifetime. Ever. Every single possession the Chiefs scored. A touchdown. Not even a field goal. A touchdown. So let, let me know. I thought you had an all-pro secondary. I thought you guys had all-pro secondary. Stop the ball. What, you what happened about? to Slay and Bradbury? What happened to those guys? The, the, weren't they weren't they both all pros? Were, were, weren't they Pro Bowl and all pros? I thought that secondary was phenomenal. I just I, I don't know how you could have watched the game, watched Jalen Hurts put up 304 passing yards, break the record for uh, rushing yards by a quarterback in a game, score four touchdowns. Okay, Five. and come Jalen Hurts is not a winner. Jalen Hurts <laughs> just can't get his son in the big game. That's go back, go back to college. He had to get subbed for Tua. If you put Gardner Minshew in, I would have liked Gardner the second half. Develops or gets better after they graduate from college. It's impossible. You never get better. You know what? Tom Brady never won the big game at Michigan. You know what? He's a career loser. Couldn't couldn't get the starting job at Michigan. That guy sucks. Well, what is what is Hurts done? What is Hurts done in in the NFL? What is Hurts done? Got second place in MVP voting. He has because done more in nowhere near first you know, and lost the Super in Bowl. 15, Come dude. back to me when he wins a Super Bowl. Come back to me when he wins a Super Bowl. It's so ridiculous to boil down a, a player who's in his third year into he is not a winner because of a game that happened in college five years ago after he up four touchdowns in a Super Bowl and he was the best player on the field. Travis Kelsey, after the game, said Jalen Hurts – could have been the Super Bowl MVP because he the best numbers in the Super Bowl. That was the best game of his career, and it was in the Super Bowl. And so it's what, not enough to beat Mahomes. That's the crazy thing. He had the best game of his career, and it's still not enough to beat Mahomes. 38 points. Okay, so Tom Brady can't beat Nick Foles? Is Nick Foles better than Tom Brady? Hey, all I'm saying is that Brady has this production over a lifetime. 
we've got to see Hurts do it again and again and again. And here's the thing. Congrats, the Eagles. Congrats. Good job. You made it to the final game, but you lost. Okay. You got to re up next year. You got to move on. And I guarantee you, they will not be back for years to come because Hertz's contract is going to go up. The team around him is one of the all time greatest teams we've ever seen, talent for talent, offensively and defensively. They are freaks. And Mahomes was too much. At the end of the day, Mahomes on one foot was too much. That's how good Mahomes is. I'm not Mahomes. trying to disrespect Jalen Hurts. He's a top 10 quarterback at the end of the day. Four is outrageous because you got Herbert, you've got Burrow, you've got Mahomes, you've got Allen, you've got Trevor Lawrence, for God almighty. you got You're I mean, so many other guys. That he's never won. He's never done anything. What have Burrow or Herbert ever won? They've never gotten back to back. Burrow, Burrow went back to back AFC championship games, made mm. it to a Super Bowl. Not only that, you're looking at what Herbert, Herbert's so production alone, Herbert can arguably go down as the second best quarterback in the league right now. Herbert's the- production, get him a get him, get him a coordinator, get him a coordinator, get him a head coach, get him Sean Payton, for God's sake. And next thing you know, you look at a team that is going to Super Bowls. Okay. So it's- Here's Herbert Nick Sariani. You know, get, get get these guys offensive play callers, and we're looking at a completely different game. It's it's just it's silly to look at a guy like Justin Herbert or Josh Allen who have never been to the big game because they lose before and say that's okay. But then yeah, when because he, they got to go through they got to go through Mahomes every oh, year, dude. Does Herbert does 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 Hertz have to go through Mahomes year in year out? So when Hurts had to go through the talent in the AFC, we'd be looking at a completely different thing. He, what was Hurts? He played Purdy. He played Purdy, then Josh Johnson or whatever the guy's name was. I can't even recall. And Daniel Jones to get he to the big game. The best defense in the NFL in the 49ers. That's what I heard. He played Daniel Jones, who Dude. was a better quarterback coming into that game. Like, like every week it was a different narrative. Like, why can we not just settle on nobody can beat Patrick Mahomes? That's it. Yeah. I'm perfectly okay saying that, but why can we not put Jalen Hurts in the top five, the top four conversations with with the Joe Burrows and the guys who have won absolutely nothing like Josh Allen and Josh Herbert? I love these guys. I love to watch them play. He doesn't have the arm talent. Oh, my gosh. He doesn't, he have, doesn't the have the arm talent. To be. He, he doesn't have the arm talent like those guys. He had the highest passer grading like ever in his Super Bowl on Sunday, dude. Yeah, passer rating is kind of overrated. Anyways, Jackson! You look Jackson! At, you look at, go, okay, if anybody's watching this, please go watch Justin Herbert and tell me that's not Randy Johnson playing football, dude. He's insane. We're looking at guys that are otherworldly in arm talent who don't have offensive coaches like Jalen Hurts. That's what I'm saying. I said a couple weeks ago. I said a couple weeks ago. Minshew is great. Minshew's good. Minshew's all right. If Jalen Hurts blew a twos and built the offense around him, things look different. If Jalen Hurts blew a 28 point lead in a playoff game, we would be on here the next four weeks laughing at Jalen Hurts. But we don't do that with uh with Herbert for some reason, and I I don't know why. You know uh, because Herbert has no receivers outside of Mike Williams and Slow Keenan Allen, and doesn't have a real running back, and doesn't have an offensive coach. Okay, we- stop, stop trashing Austin Eckler like that. Okay, Dude, Austin Eckler is <laughs> not a real running back, guys. Let's be honest. Now, you saw that in the game they lost to to Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. He's now, not a real running back. He's a fantasy guy. He's a fantasy guy. Now, what I will say is, I again, I opened this segment up apologizing to John for all the slander on Jalen Hurts. Because as a Cowboys fan, 
if they keep this offense going, and of course, defensive have six, seven months to prepare for Hurts. I mean, if Jalen Hurts is this type of guy, and I and I believe this now that Jalen Hurts is the type of guy who will put in the work in the offseason to get better and to get back to this point. One of the more mature post-conferences after a Super Bowl that I've ever seen from a losing quarterback. And it wasn't his fault that they lost. And it wasn't this holding call that they made. I mean, it was a hold. whether it was a hold or not, like referees – they make that call in the moment. You're mad if you're an Eagles fan. You're mad if you're a Chiefs fan, depending on which way the call goes. But if anything to be said, especially like when we start bringing up guys like who haven't won anything, like a Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence, as talent as those guys are, Josh Allen. I mean, they they didn't they didn't make it to the Super Bowl. John has a point. They they, they didn't get there. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has the same like reputation as Jalen Hurts right now, losing in the big game, but but he won wow. it in college though. He, 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 he has won it, guys. Let's be honest. College is, is different than the NFL. Oh it's different, but he still has the label of being a champion. He was on the uh, greatest college team of all time. Yeah, Mac Jones. He still has yeah. the label of being a champion, but guys. Come on. If I was an NFL team, I would trade for Mac Jones just right now. Or two. Or two. <laughs> Mac Jones really isn't even that good. But what I'm saying is this, okay? Or or Tua Tagovailoa tomorrow morning. Honestly, if I'm the Eagles, I'm looking. For, I'm looking at Tua because maybe if you got Tua, you win that second half. Oh my god! Oh, if you win, you win that second half. If you got Tua, that's, that's just, all I'm saying. Tua came in my, for Hurts. All I'm saying is, is that Tua comes in, you're looking at a different ball game. Hurts didn't lose the game. He didn't win the game either. So, on the comparison, Mahomes won the game. Mahomes won the game. And, That's different. you know, you had to have like a winner and loser. But again, that was probably the best Super Bowl I've ever gotten to watch in my lifetime. But as much as we can go back and forth, I don't think Jackson's changing his mind right here. But we got to get into a break. When we come back, we're inviting Henry Wilcox back in to talk some of this NBA buyouts, where teams should be looking to get an addition to their team that they didn't get the trade deadline and what teams really need that extra push before the NBA playoffs when we come back on Out of Pocket with Michael Davis after the break. on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com, and WWBG1470 AM as part of your TGI Friday lineup. We got John Cox. We got Jackson Cordray's chair for our YouTube viewers. And we're welcoming in Henry Wilcox. Henry, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine, Mike. How are you? Doing pretty good. Of course, not a big fan of Miami. I'm a, I'm a Heat guy. They didn't do anything at the trade deadline. Apparently, there's a story going around that Pat Riley was asleep <laughs> at the trade deadline, which is such a weird time to take a nap on trade deadline day. I, for me, I was glued 
seeing if Woj or Shams was going to break the news next. They were in a battle against each other. But the best thing about the trade deadline, which the NBA's trade deadline is the best in sports, period. NFL doesn't have anything on it. NHL, MLB, no sport has anything on the NBA trade deadline. Teams can actually improve their team afterwards because players will get traded with big contracts. They'll get bought out. You know, and I'm thinking of Russell Westbrook getting traded to Utah or John Wall to Houston or Patrick Beverly to Orlando. Uh, Kevin Love didn't get traded at the deadline and is getting bought out by the Cavaliers. And so for our first insight, we're going to have Henry talk a little bit. Who do you think could be an asset when I bring up some of those names or maybe there's a name I didn't bring up? What player could be an asset to a team trying to contend for an NBA championship this year? I mean, out of all the people that you mentioned, I'd say K-Love. And I only say that because, like, I love Russ, and he's a great energy guy, and he could help, like, a middling team. I don't know how much of a playoff, like, support he's going to provide for a big team. Uh, If John Wall – I pray John Wall gets bought out because he was talking crap about Houston Rockets one week and then got traded there the next. That poor boy. Uh – and he's a North Carolina native. He has a cookout tattoo. Uh, so, you know, I got to rep him. Um, so hopefully he ends up in the right spot. But I'd say K-Love. He'd be a great six-man, championship experience. Uh, and, I mean, he'd be willing to put it all on the line. He's old. Uh, you know, he's willing to put his whatever he's got left in the tank. He'll put it out there. Uh, but I think him, Russ, would be a great energy like bench guy. But I don't know how much he wants to play that role. Uh, and John Wall, I mean, great point guard. Uh, don't know how I feel about him on a contender, uh, especially since the Clippers just got rid of him for Eric Gordon, uh, which actually I thought was a pretty good move. Uh, but, yeah, at least on the free agent situation, that's my pit. It'd be so funny if John Wall got cut and then re-signed with the Clippers and they basically got Eric Gordon for free. That would be such an NBA move. That would be an NBA – like, that's one thing that kind of concerns me about, like, when people talk about where people are going to go. Like, do, do you – I feel like John Wall would feel – unless they talked about it and they, like, figured it out before. Like, he would feel betrayed, like, by that team by for being traded away. And that's the same thing. Like, people talk about Pat Bev going back to the Timberwolves after they traded him last year, uh, after he was a big part of – like that team winning that playing game and making the playoffs for the first time in six years. Uh, you know, it's just like in my mind or like him re-signing with LA. I don't think that happens because I mean, like he's like, he puts on for these teams and they screw him because it is personal with them. It's their lives. You know, I don't know. That's me though. I, I, that's just Henry. Uh, John, is there any player that's, I mean, your Philadelphia 76ers could obviously like go and grab somebody maybe a shooter, maybe a point guard, maybe a power forward that isn't being overpaid right now. Do you, do you see any of these guys, maybe a Kevin love? Yeah, no, we're, uh, we're in purgatory. We'll never win anything. Um, there's no point in discussing the Eagles. Um, the 76ers are, are in no man's land. Unfortunately, um, there's no hope in the city of Philadelphia right now. Not for the Sixers at least. Dude, they were they were my title favorites coming into the year. They're still a third seed. 
It's I was, was, was going to say, you, you're dogging on your team too much. It's over. It's over, guys. As long so as that, over, bro. What? Buy out Doc Rivers and send him to <laughs> in- there's yeah, no, no pick up Steve Clifford for me, okay? There's no point in talking about as long as Doc Rivers is the coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. Hey, um, it it could be worse. Henry does have Steve Clifford with the Hornets right now. It could be worse. John, I don't know. I feel like that's an out-pocket take. I feel like you're underestimating the 76ers. I feel they, like you're just feeling bad off that loss in the Super listen, Bowl. Listen, gr- great talent, great Okay, roster, great pieces, bad coach, kind of a middling GM, um, bad ownership, doesn't want to pay any taxes. Um, talking about moving the, the stadium to Camden or Center City, it's um, it's all a joke right now. It's, until we get rid of Glenn, Glenn Doc Rivers, I, I refuse to engage in any uh, any conversation about this team because it's a second-round exit waiting to happen. And I, Frankly, I won't let them break my heart again. I won't let them do it. John, as much enthusiasm and passion you've had as an Eagles fan, and to see hear you like talk bad about your 76ers, literally, you only have Boston and Milwaukee in the East right now. Everyone else, like Brooklyn traded away their whole team for, you know, Michael Bridges and, you know, a supporting cast. Cleveland, you know, I know that's Jackson's team for some odd reason. Jackson was the one who called the Cavs being good this year. I don't know how he did that. I mean, it was pretty obvious. They, yeah, they're, just missing a, yeah, they're just missing a three. You know, they're just missing a, a, a number three. So, which I mean, they got a great one in, in, in LA for. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the trade deadline was great. I love the Kyrie to, to Dallas move and uh, <laughs> thinking about, thinking about buyouts. I would love Kevin Love to the Lakers. Love K Love to the Lakers. I, I hated that Kyrie take so bad because John and I talked about it last week. It is perhaps the worst trade if you're Dallas. He doesn't love basketball. I mean, Kyrie Irvin doesn't love basketball. Kyrie's even come out this past week and said, "Yeah, man, I'm probably not going to. I'm not going to talk about resigning here. I'm just going to, you know, not be a distraction." Meanwhile, it's a distraction if you trade for a superstar like that. And he's not re-signing with your team because he is going to L.A. And we could get that reunion with LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love at the offseason. Which, I'll be honest, Kevin Love has a starting role waiting for him in Miami. There's a void here. Come to South Beach. Take your talents to South (laughs) Beach, K-Love. You're ridiculous. You want Kevin Love as your starting power forward? I know you're Uh, missing the bigs, but that is desperate, my boy. That is bad. Hey, oh my gosh. He's a veteran. You know, you'd be better off with Mason Plumley right now. I'm saying it. <laughs> well, Mason Plumley. How does Miami not do anything at the deadline? Jay Crowder was there. Uh, Kevin Love was there, obviously. Kevin Love still might be there. He actually wants to be in Miami unless LA kind of pulls him away. I mean, how are you, how are you not going after? If you're a team who is, what, they're like sixth, seventh seed, they're hovering around that with the New York Knicks right now, how do you not go after somebody who could start for your team? Because Miami's lacking size desperately. And they trade away Dwayne Dedman to the Spurs for nothing. And then, what, didn't he sign with the 76ers this week? 
Yes. God, like, come on. Pictures, man. I think that makes them contenders. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't keep my face. <laughs> I'm so sorry, John. <laughs> you don't deserve that. Uh, we we have all the pieces. This is a, this is the most sad thing about it. We have a great team and a great roster. It is literally just being held back by a coach. Yeah, it, put me in there. I've never, you know, it's it's you know, we have a top five player in the NBA right now. We have one of the best guards. We have one of the best young talents in Tyrese Maxey. Unfortunately, we have one Tobias Harris on our team, so that, that makes it hard. So it's just rough. I wouldn't be surprised if Joel Embiid is wearing a different jersey next season. I wouldn't be surprised if James Harden is wearing a different jersey next season. Um, you know, it's 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 a sad it's sad it's sad is what it is. It's a sad franchise. All right, let me throw this idea out there. James Harden requests a trade to Phoenix. Kyrie Irving signs with Phoenix in the offseason. So we get Kyrie, Devin Booker, James Harden, Kevin Durant, and they'll probably throw away Aiton for something. Well, James Harden is a free agent. He's got a player option this offseason. So he could just it's he could just leave. Could Not just even deal. a sign and trade. Yeah, but no. he'd never if he never go to Phoenix. If if Kyrie went to Phoenix, he wouldn't want to, that'd be a run back of Brooklyn, and he was the first one to get out of there. Like he he realized that that structure as a team and the dynamics between him and Kevin Durant and Kyrie weren't there, and that's why I went to Philly. Uh, and that's why one Ben Simmons is playing for your Brooklyn Nets. So, Is he playing? Is that what you call playing basketball? Is Ben Simmons? Um, I mean, Cam Thomas is doing well, so good for them. Uh, I actually love Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson. That was a good trade. And uh, uh, quite a few picks, right? Yeah. Uh, here's yeah. a fun fact. Uh, Mikel Bridges was drafted by the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> yeah, he's right. Yep. Yeah. Tell the story. Tell the story. Tell the story. Philadelphia guy, super Philly guy, loves the Eagles, loves the Phillies, everything. Gets drafted on draft night. It's awesome. He's gonna. And his mom works for the organization. His mom works for the Philadelphia 76ers about like an hour later, graded. Um, and he's on his way to Phoenix, where he becomes a defensive player of the year candidate and like exactly what we need in Philadelphia right now and for the past two years. So it's awesome. But, you know, give Glenn him and results would probably still be the same, unfortunately. You could give Glenn like the Western All-Star team from this year and he probably would not win win a championship because it's just in his DNA at this point. So it is what it is. John, this is like I thought you would be more depressed about an Eagles loss in the Super Bowl than you are about the 76ers being a third seed in the East, especially with like Boston and Milwaukee. Like, other than one year for Milwaukee, they haven't been reliable in the postseason. Like, this is this is your chance, but you guys did bring up a good point with Mikel Bridges. If anyone won the trade deadline, it was him. Now he's getting star minutes. He's getting star playing time. He's getting plays drawn up for him in Brooklyn. And that team, everyone's counting them out, which honestly you probably should at this point, especially contending-wise. That that whole organization has been a disaster. But these players who are playing, they still have a chip on their shoulder because everybody's you know, counting them out and everything. And so I'm, I'm shocked at how Brooklyn has done and – continues to play with a chip on their shoulder. But 
other than maybe Philadelphia or Miami. Jackson, do you see any of these other teams like needing to go get one of these players like a Westbrook? No, I, I mean, a Westbrook, you want a Westbrook on your team? Do you really want a Westbrook on your team? That's my question. You know, I'm not entirely sure you want a Westbrook on your team. Uh, you want a Kevin Love on your team to come off the bench. You want a spotty three-point shooter who is big and can rebound uh, and who can out outlet pass. But outside of that, I mean, do you really want a a Westbrook on any of these teams? I'm not entirely sure. If you bring back 2016 Westbrook, I mean, that's a different thing. But Westbrook nowadays? I just don't find him a viable piece to any contending organization. I would say if you need athleticism. Now, I I have not thrown this out here for a long time. But if you look at what Miami has, I have been adamantly against Russell Westbrook to Miami. But seeing how Kyle Lowry runs the floor, is hurt all the time, Russell Westbrook could – take some of the scoring load off of Jimmy Butler and put up 20, 25 points a night and give them some offense that they are desperately needing right now. And he is, he is a ball hog. I don't like the chemistry aspect, but we we're not Charlotte Henry. We're not Charlotte. We're not, we don't have a LaMelo ball where Westbrook could take away the chemistry of that. Westbrook could not add chemistry to this heat team, but he could add another scoring element. Do you agree with that, Henry? Uh, I mean, sure, maybe. The thing I think they really need to. I like Jimmy Butler. I don't know how I feel about him at this point. Uh, I'm gonna be fire really, What was that? I said fire sale. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking another, about Miami. No, fire sale. Fair, no, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Another because I'm, but I'm a Bam Adebayo believer. I believe that boy is the truth. Yeah. So you keep him and you like literally burn the house down because I don't think they're going any further than they did two years ago in the finals. Uh, and I don't believe that Jimmy Butler is getting any better day by day. I think that Russell Westbrook ending up there, cool idea. I don't think it's going to change their playoff outcome. I think maybe it'll make for an enjoyable game occasionally and there'll be like a highlight where he passes it to somebody and that will be the best thing you get out of that. Um, but Jimmy – the Jimmy Butler sl slander is not welcomed on out of pocket with Michael Davis, Henry. It's John, please, John, please tell me you've watched Jimmy Butler. Please, please tell Henry that he's out of pocket for that one. Yeah, he was like uh, the best player to ever play with uh, Joel Embiid, and um, took the champions to Game Seven, and then we let him leave so that we could re-sign Tobias Harris. And Tobias Harris, yeah, yeah. So uh, great move, great move, Sixers. He's a great player. I love Jimmy. No, he's a great he, player. I'm saying he is only getting worse as he is aging, which is just how it works. And unless I you're think LeBron, yeah. Unless you're oh, LeBron, yeah. Lie. But he's, he ain't no LeBron. Uh, and I think selling him now is probably the best idea because I give it one, two years, and he's he's middled out, and he's worth nothing. Yeah, it's a little rough because his contract really blows up in the next two years. They pay him, like, over $50 million a year, I think. Um, I can't. So it's rough, but yeah, I mean, I I would have traded for him this if he was available, but he also took the Celtics last year to Game Seven and almost beat them by himself. So who knows what happens? You know, Jimmy, they've, they've got a great coach, so anything can happen for them. We have a great coach. Perhaps 
I would say, best coach in the NBA right now. But that's a topic for another time. Maybe next week. Who knows uh, how great Coach Spo is. I, I will hype Coach Spo up anytime. But we got to get into a break. Everybody can see on our YouTube channel that I am wearing a Bloodline shirt because this, yeah, you got your John's Rocky Top. You got what Henry's wearing an in and out shirt from California. Jackson Cordray wearing his South Carolina visor acting as the head coach of the Gamecocks. Notice I did not say USC, but when we come back out of a break, we got producer Desmond Johnson. We got the host of the rundown with Desmond Johnson that you can watch on Saturday mornings. He's going to come and talk to me about the bloodline, about this Saturday's elimination chamber pay-per-view Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn in the world title match. We're going to talk about that next after the break. So stay tuned on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, tobaccoroadsportsradio.com, WWBG 1470 AM, and our YouTube channel because Desmond is going to bring some hot takes when we come back after the break. Welcome back to Out Pocket with Michael Davis on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com, and WWBG 1470 AM as part of your TGI Friday lineup. Thank you so much for Jackson Cordray, Henry Wilcox, John Cox, even after his Eagles lost in the Super Bowl. We had some really great discussion about football and basketball. And then I hyped it up. We got him on. He's the producer of Tobacco Road Sports Radio. He's the host of The Rundown with Desmond Johnson on Saturday mornings. We got... Desmond Johnson, of course, the man himself. Des, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Just uh, keeping on, keeping on. Uh, it's February, so we're in the dead heat of our busy season right now. But uh, happy to be on. Happy to see the growth without a pocket. I'm seeing the numbers ticking up a little bit. So uh, people starting to find you. So that's good. It's always good. That's good stuff. And hopefully we're putting out some good content. We got our Instagram scrolling on the bottom, putting out stuff on Instagram, Facebook. And so stay tuned with all of that. But Des, February is a great time if you're a wrestling fan. And we, uh, we're fast approaching WrestleMania season. We don't get The Rock versus Roman Reigns. I've been upset about that. Been talking about that here on Out Pocket. Been talking about it on Drop the Mic on Wednesdays. Part of the Wrestling Wednesday lineup with Tobacco Road Sports Radio. But we got the Elimination Chamber tomorrow night. And Roman Reigns is defending his titles, but against someone who was an honorary ooze at one time. This is honestly the best story in wrestling right now, or in some time rather. But it's Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn. What do you expect to happen tomorrow night? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I, well, let me let me back up. Roman's not going to lose the belts. Um, not at the, not the pay-per-view. There isn't a pay-per-view between now and WrestleMania, right? This is it. Correct. Yeah. So they did away with Fastlane and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, Roman's not going to lose the belts the night for the event before WrestleMania when he's had them for going on three years. <laughs> like I still, that doesn't make any sense. However, it felt like on raw, they were kind of testing the waters on maybe having a triple threat at WrestleMania. Uh, like they did two years ago with, uh, edge and John Cena, uh, versus Reigns. That was his first universal title defense in this 
uh, iteration right now. I could see that because they've kind of built it up where uh, Cody, they've built Cody in to, to do this. Like, I almost felt like it was in his contract when he came back that they were going to give him this p- initial push or whatnot uh, if the crowd participated, and they are. The Sammy thing is organic. Like, I read that uh, Sammy was only supposed to even be with uh, the Bloodline for like a couple of weeks, like comedy relief, and then they were going to move on. But the crowd just gravitated to it. And uh, he's on like this weird Daniel Bryan, Becky Lynch organic, like the audience wants it, like this rise, which makes me think that somewhere along the way, they're going to have to split these titles up. Uh, or create a new one. That might be what ends up happening. They might create, I think I'd read that too. They might just create a new mm-hmm. overall belt for raw. That way you don't have Roman lose either one of them. And he's just kind of like the, the top dude, but you still have a, you finally have a top belt over on raw again. I would say, bring back the big gold belt, bring back the world heavyweight championship belt, the Ric Flair belt, like bring that back um, and have triple H present it in a tournament or something that could work. Maybe that's something they do at WrestleMania maybe. Um, but to answer your question, I don't think, it'll be clean. I think it's going to be more along the lines of Roman and uh, Roman and uh, Paul Heyman the past year or so they kind of tell you what's going to happen. Like before it happens, if you really think about it, like Roman basically spelled out what's going to happen. He's going to beat him in front of his family, like beat him down (laughs) in front of his family. So I don't really even expect a match. I kind of expect more of a, like they don't even start the match, like a DQ. uh, Although I kind of think that's what's going to happen with Lashley and Lesnar, but we'll, we'll get to that in just a bit. But Sammy, so maybe something happens and Sammy has a gripe to say, Hey, I got cheated out of my shot. I should be in the WrestleMania main event too. And then, uh, what's his face decides to put, uh, him in the match against Cody for the main event night too. I think that's what they're going to end up doing just to take advantage of the crowd participation and the reactions for Sammy. But do I expect Sammy Zayn to beat Roman Reigns when Drew McIntyre couldn't do it? Brock Lesnar couldn't do it a couple times. Uh, it, it doesn't make sense for the story. Uh, for Sammy to beat him clean. So Roman will, Roman will walk out of there with it. And to be honest, now that I'm sitting there thinking about it, it'll probably just be a clean win. No help, nothing. Uh, I don't even think the Usos can travel to Canada, can we? Yeah, it's a weird thing with, I guess, their DUI history that Canada won't allow. And they've been trying to get Jey Uso, apparently, because they want to do something here. Yeah. And Paul Heyman on last week's SmackDown, we got to figure out what happens tonight. He like even wrote in that the Usos could like stay back in the United States. So that makes me really worried that they won't be able to travel for the elimination chamber. Yeah. I was thinking there was something where they couldn't anyway. For some reason, yeah, I think you're right with that because they weren't uh in Scotland when he was taking on Drew McIntyre at Clash of the Castle for the very they're never in Saudi Arabia because they can't really travel. So uh it would just be Roman and Solo and, and Paul there. So uh, it sets up the same way as I love the fact that they're they're not running out of people to, for Roman to face. That was my main concern because towards the end with Brock, it got to the point where it was like there's nobody left and you haven't built anything that makes any sense for him to keep fighting. But they've layered this so much that Roman's got opponents for the next two, three, four pay-per-views just off of what they've done that makes complete sense. I mean, he could fight Sammy again. He could fight uh, Cody uh, and, uh, again uh, at uh, Backlash or whatever. Like, I mean, they've got the things there to – to make it last longer. I saw he just crossed 900 days. I think they're really trying to break, uh, is it Hogan's? Hogan's not first. It's, uh, I think it, it might be Backland. Uh, would it be Bob Black? No, I think he just got, I think he just went past Backland. It's not Backland. It's, uh, it was Hogan, Bob Backland, Pedro Morales, Pedro Morales Bruno? Bruno. Bruno was the one. Bruno. Bruno was over like 
looks like 1200 days or something crazy uh it was like four years <laughs> or something nuts that he was he was the title holder i think they're trying to get to that so that would be awesome because seeing him at 900 and if he loses if he loses at wrestlemania that's going to take and he's not going to reach four digits like it's you have to money. at least get a thousand right too much money there's too much money with the bloodline right now with merch and uh, attendance seats tickets all that stuff everything's being driven by bloodline or bloodline related storylines right now uh at the top of the card to break it up i i like how they're teasing the breakup but i think in the end it's just going to be the usos will be the usos they'll still be with roman solo will be with them it's just going to make it a tight four with paul as the manager like the four horsemen you know instead of having sammy in and out and dominating stuff like that so it's all coming to a head but it's not going to be coming to a head the way a lot of fans think uh or hope i guess i should say it's not going to end well for anybody not named roman reigns probably <laughs> hey roman reigns top of the card and i love your suggestion i've been saying that for a long time bring back the big gold belt well yeah that yeah. that's an easy solution have cody rhodes wrestle for that night one of wrestlemania you can still do roman sammy night two i really wish we were getting the rock See, the only the only thing is Cody's made it such a big deal about uh, Dusty not having the WWE title. Um, so it's like, this isn't exactly the WWE title, and this is a title your dad has had, but you haven't had this title, you know? So I, I think they could get around it. I think they could get around it, and it, it would be one of those situations where Triple H is presenting the belt to whoever wins it, or they do like a four-man tournament, because you got people over on Raw that would wear the, the gold belt and look good in it. Lashley, Rollins. Rhodes, Owens, like they've built their car. They just don't have a belt over there right now because Roman's just Roman. He's just he's in God mode. <laughs> so it's he's, like he, his greatness <laughs> on a different level. <laughs> different levels. Like, like, what do you want him to do? Like, so I think that's now, what they're heading towards. Now, you did mention Bobby Lashley may look good with a world heavyweight title. We've mentioned the bloodlines dominance right now. And I remember the first time I was actually on the score with Brett Wiseman maybe about a year, year and a half ago. And I'd been pushing Brett for a wrestling segment and got pushed off, pushed off. And we had like the last, like what, three, four minutes of the show. Yeah. And I don't think you knew at the time what we were talking about. And I just start talking about it. And I, I, I've told this story to my friends a bunch of times. Like you'd have like your camera off until you had to say something and mm -hmm. you turned your camera on. I'm like, man, Des is going to be like, what is this wrestling talk on the radio? <laughs> this is a sports show. Get off. And then you start talking about the hurt business. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm in good company right yeah. here. <laughs> and for some reason, Vince split them up way too early. Please, Vince. And, Vince doesn't like stables. Vince never liked stables. Uh, so it really, I think they were just put together because it was COVID. They needed something for TV, you know, just something to be around Lashley and uh, MVP. Once COVID was over, you're out on your own. So like, but Triple H loves stables. Uh, he loves stables. He, loves he was so stables. good too. Mm -hmm. And oh. now, now like the last few weeks on Raw, I've I've noticed a few teases. You know, MVP come and talk to Bobby Lashley. MVP talking about Bobby Lashley to Adam Pierce, and then it, like interviews, they started placing Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin, MVP in the backgrounds of interviews. Uh huh. And I I'll, I think I texted you before Monday's Raw, and I'm like. I'm starting to I'm starting to see this. They had the Lashley Lesnar contract signing, and then I watched Raw, and I'm like, "This is perfect." If you have Lashley Lesnar before WrestleMania, 
all of you, all you got to do is bring the Hurt Business out, MVP out. Lashley doesn't beat Lesnar clean. Right. Boom. We got the Hurt Business back. Actually, honestly, that's the match I was thinking wasn't ever going to start. That's going to be one of those Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar deals where like they don't even start the match. And like uh, I what you just said, I think is really possible. Um, what I would love to see is a, a bigger version of Hurt Business and have the Street Profits come down as if they're going to save like Lesnar or something. And they join in on the beatdown. So you've got Street Profits, Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin, Bobby Lashley, uh, MVP. And I was going to throw Moss in there because he's been hanging around MVP for the past half year. He can be like the enforcer or whatever. So you figure out what to do with him. Now you've got like a squad that can actually legit go up against Bloodline somewhere down the road. Um, and you've got two sets of tag teams that you can kind of throw at the Usos. So I, I think that could be it. Plus, that would set up a WrestleMania actual rubber match at WrestleMania for Lesnar and, and, Bobby, and Bobby Lashley. And that would give them justification to do Hell in a Cell. Because if they just jumped Lashley, Lashley, they need some way to protect Brock from the outside influences. He ain't got nobody. Throw him in hell in a cell where nobody can get in or out. That Triple H said he wanted to move away from uh, gimmick pay-per-views and put them back where they belong inside the pay-per-views. Hell in a cell, <laughs> bank, all that kind of stuff. Got to have a hell in a cell at WrestleMania. Who would be better than Lashley and Lesnar rubber match for it? Like, you know, you don't need a belt. No interference. Let them get after it. So it, this stuff kind of writes itself after a while. Like Triple H is doing God's work right now. Like he really is. He's really <laughs> laying out normal things that make sense instead of making us forced to believe something or forced to swallow something that we don't like. Which was missing for so long. Yeah. Because you could go literally from one pay-per-view to the next and it'd be a totally different show. Oh, dude, I haven't watched this much Raw and SmackDown like in the actual weeks that they're on. And probably three or four years. Uh, maybe when the shield was running around, that might be the last time I, I maybe, I don't even know if I was watching that often then, but I'm pretty much, it got to a point right before Vince left where I was only watching SmackDown and I was only fast forwarding through to bloodline segments because I just didn't like anything they were doing. Now I watch raw, I watch SmackDown. I watch them next day on Hulu. So I don't get the full three hours of raw. Thank goodness. But because <laughs> even that I'm like, this is still way too long. Uh, but yeah, I get all of that the next day and, uh, and watch, I know it drives my wife nuts, but, uh, I'm like back in, like I'm back in, this is the best writing WWE's had probably since Oh three Oh four, like when rock and stone cold and we're, we're running around. Like, I can't even remember even in the, um, the, uh, not the attitude era, but the ruthless aggression, ruthless aggression era. I wasn't really around during that area. I didn't really watch it as much, so I can't compare it to anything in there. But this is good stuff they're doing right now, and it's led by the bloodline. But yeah, I think that Lashley Lesnar match is gonna be DQ. It's elimination chamber. So I was like, why are they doing this at elimination chamber when WrestleMania is the next pay per view? Why right. are they build it towards it? This is gonna build towards whatever they're gonna do with them at WrestleMania. Because other than Gunther, who else are you gonna throw at Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania? Like, there's nobody else nobody. really makes sense to make up in six weeks. It's got to be Lesnar. So I can see this going down. Yeah, I'd rather wait on the Gunther and Brock Lesnar match, not yeah. to force it. That's you have so Sheamus bad. and Drew McIntyre, maybe, that mm -hmm. go up against Gunther. I'd prefer Drew McIntyre, but uh, you did mention it's the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. And we yeah. got two chamber matches. We got women's with Asuka, Liv Morgan, Nikki Cross, Raquel Rodriguez, Natalia, Carmella. That's going to be the winner. Uh, it's facing Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. I don't know if we need to spend too much time on this. It looks like Oscar versus Bel Air. 
looking at the people in there, probably Asuka, uh, maybe Raquel, because they've been pushing Raquel kind of hard. But yeah, it's probably gonna be Asuka. Uh, that I don't, they've never done Bianca versus Asuka as a main event or as a title defense, have they? I don't think so that I can remember. So that makes sense. Although Oscar uh, Bianca Belair at WrestleMania doesn't doesn't really get me going. Uh, you might have to mm-hmm. throw somebody in there. <laughs> maybe Becky Lynch, maybe yeah, Bailey. Yeah, something like that. How about four of them? Who who knows? Yeah, well, not. Let's do a fatal four way. We got one of those on the card. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's do it. Um, but the other Elimination Chamber match is Austin Theory defending the United States title against Seth Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed. Could be his coming out party. You know, I know we were talking to Ryan Frick probably on the rundown a few weeks ago. And he mentioned Bronson Reed was like a Vader, Bam Bam Bigelow, Yukozuna, like combination. This could be where he shines. Damian Priest, Montez Ford. If they do end up splitting the Street Profits, that could be a good match for him to, you know, show himself as a singles competitor. But looking at that, I mean, it looks like Austin Theory retains. Especially, there's rumors that John Cena might come back for the WrestleMania. Cena, Theory, United States title. It just feels right. Yeah. So, if that's the case, uh, Theory's going to retain uh, probably Saturday. Um, it's interesting what you said about Montez Ford because going off of what I was just saying about the Hurt Business and wanting to add Street Profits, that would be a nice little sweet spot for like MVP or somebody to come down to the ring and put something in the, the ring for Montez you know, before they even get to Lashley, that was like, what is MVP doing out here? You know, like that kind of thing. And then uh, as you get towards the end of the pay-per-view, you see them all running down or maybe they replace Alexander and, uh, and Benjamin, which is what I originally wanted. I wanted Lashley, the street profits and Omos. That's it. Those four with MVP is the, the, uh, manager. Um, uh, theory's going to win. He's going to probably face Cena at WrestleMania. I could see that, um, for the title. Because Cena is really the one that made the United States title relevant again uh, with the open challenges and all that stuff he was doing towards the end. I think Theory will beat Cena. It'll be a passing of the torch type thing. Uh, and it'll be a good match. But I can see the back and forth, the mic uh, promos and all that kind of stuff between those two. I don't see anybody in this field that's going to take the U.S. title from from Theory because the other ones that are in there, like Rollins, I feel like they're going to be in whatever main event scene that they build for raw after we get out of wrestlemania like i could see the night after wrestlemania on raw they introduce a brand new belt like if 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 roman still has them both they bring out the big old belt or whatever um and announce some kind of tournament that'll conclude at the next paper at backlash or whatever for it you know something like that because they've been doing a lot of these little tournaments or whatever for number one contenders and that kind of stuff so it's kind of warming you up to it a little bit i think they'll end up going that route but yeah, I think Theory retains. Uh, this could be a really good match. Elimination Chamber is weird. Um, people get hurt in <laughs> the Elimination Chamber. Uh, Triple H broke his thorax or whatever in the first one. Um, All right. Yeah, Back like in, uh, couldn't, 2002 couldn't or talk. something. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't talk for like the last 30 minutes of the match. Like it's it's pretty brutal. Uh, it's a brutal match, but I'm thankful it's coming on. So I didn't. I, I kind of forgot it was coming on with the Super Bowl and everything else happening for it to happen the week right after the Super Bowl chef's kiss so i'm looking forward to it there's a lot of angles here to watch out for but they're gonna keep dropping seeds they've been doing this for really two years really since paul Heyman really got his hands on the booking they've been dropping little seeds here and there across different things lesnar rousey bloodline like he's you can tell that les that Heyman's involved in the booking of those three and whatever they're doing at the time so with leslie and with lesnar and uh Bobby Bobby Lashley. Lashley, 
Heyman's involved with that a little bit in terms of what they're doing. So he knows how to stretch this out for the big money ticket. He knows what the end is. So I think I think we'll be pretty entertained Saturday. We'll be pretty entertained tomorrow night at the Elimination Chamber, but we got to get out of here. Des, it's your, it's your station. It's your show. Where else can they find you? Oh, uh, man. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> right never now, stops. I, I don't even know where I am at half the time. <laughs> uh, I think I have you on Saturday morning. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Elimination Chamber and WWE on the rundown. That's uh, now 11 a.m. live on Saturday mornings. Uh, franchise players is Friday afternoons. Um, this week we have Brendan Marks from the Athletic uh, talking North Carolina and Duke. Uh, we've got East Forsyth head coach for baseball, Drew Dull. He's going to talk about the upcoming season. They've got like six or seven D1 kids that have been signed already. Uh, a loaded senior team, so we'll get a little bit from him. And an interview from Kobe Simmons from the Greensboro Swarm. So got all that coming up. Believe in Panthers is every Monday or so. Myself, Jonathan Stewart, and uh, Skylar Callahan from Sports Illustrated. Just go to the YouTube channel for Tobacco Road Sports Radio. You can find all of this stuff and out of pocket, all the programming we do uh, during the week. Wow. And that franchise players is right after this, right? Yes. Yes, sir. So I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. So for Dez's voice on franchise players as part of the TGI Friday lineup, go follow the Facebook page, go get in that contest right before it ends. And maybe you get a free ebook. Who knows? It's, it's good too. It's a good book. Uh, spying from the sidelines, uh, the NFL story of spying. Um, it's good. So yeah, definitely go to the Facebook page and, and uh, participate in that. You can win a free book. Hey, win a free book. We got to get out of here so Des can host franchise players. It's been out of pocket with Michael Davis, Tobacco Road Sports Radio, tobaccoroadsportsradio.com, WWBG 1470 AM, your TGI Friday lineup. Also, our YouTube channel, go subscribe so you don't miss another out of pocket episode. But Des, the show is yours. Franchise players, next. <laughs>